Hello and welcome to Humans of Agape. We are Agape Europe, a community of people who make Jesus known so lives are changed and Europe is transformed. We want to bring spiritual hope and help to people from all walks of life. I am your host. My name is Jochen Geck. I work in the Berlin City Hub and lead the digital ministry in Germany. And I'm curious to hear about what God is doing across Europe. Student ministry is a big part of what we do as Agape Europe, and nobody knows it better than today's guest, Martin Chast, since he leads the student-led movements division for Western Europe. He shares about his role and what student ministry looks like during the pandemic, and he brings stories of hope and a challenge. Without further ado, here he is. Hi, Martin. Hey, Jürgen. Good to see you. Uh, yeah. speak to you. Yes, uh, it's a privilege to get to talk to you. Martin, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Who is Martin Chast? Sure, yes, I will. Yes, my name is Martin Chast. I'm from the Netherlands. And my current role is that I am leading student movements in Western Europe. Okay. And Martin, what makes you unique is... Well, probably a lot of things, but among many others is that your wife was a guest on this podcast a couple of months ago. So to all our listeners, you can go back and listen and then compare and take notes if they're telling the same stories. But uh, I'm so glad you're here now. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, I told her that she, you, know, you first have the most interesting persons and uh, <laughs> now you are dealing with the leftovers. That's me. So sorry for that. But uh, no, I'm happy to be also on your podcast. <laughs> well, Martin, I'm sure we're going to have fun. Student ministries in Western Europe, you oversee what they do in all the countries? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I, my team, I'm not uh, leading on my own, but uh, I have a team, a fabulous team that's helping me. And it's our goal. We actually have a a team purpose as well so we we exist to support inspire and develop national student movements so they can see the gospel for every student a movement on every campus and leaders for every nation and this is our team purpose we every meeting uh, we have we are coming back to this meeting uh, to this purpose because that's why we exist and it's also we love to serve in our in every capacity that we can to see every student reached in a movement on every campus and leaders for every nation. So yes, I'm leading and it's in uh, about 20, well, officially 28 countries if you in also include Liechtenstein and Andorra, Vatican City and San Marino. Wow. Um, do, are there student movements in those countries? Uh, no, in those very small countries, not. So out of the, well, 28, we have, uh, I think, about a movement in about 16, 17, we have uh, staff presence there. And a few more, we have some volunteers or contacts. Okay. So what does your role with a great purpose look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Yes, because those are big words, inspire, support, and develop <laughs> national SLM leaders or student-led movements. I do stuff on, a, on various levels. First of all, a small part of my time still, I'm connecting with students directly, whether in discipleship or coaching. Besides that, I am connecting with national leaders, sometimes local leaders, uh, depending on what topics. I am also connected to the global community of leaders, leaders that are leading in the various are other areas of this uh, world. Okay. So mainly it's a lot of calls, it's emails, uh, but also it's looking for what are the unique things that we can do on an area that can bless and support local levels or national level ministries. 
Well, I'm sure that before this year, it was a lot more traveling than, than just calls. So that must have really changed your approach to your job. Yes, oh, absolutely. My, it, it changed my life. My kids love it. I'm much more home. So, uh, and I know, well, we met in, also in Lyon when uh, we were both there. And that was part of, yeah, of, of that journey of work that way. But yeah, I've, I've been home now for, well, at least half a year. But I think last year I only had two travels, which was great, actually. And you could do a lot just through, uh, through online ministry here. Yeah. And when we were in Lyon, that was incidentally also the time uh, that I recorded another podcast episode with our staff, Sophie Delay, lady on French staff, also an episode that you can go back and listen to. Yeah, what you did then was you traveled to kind of encourage local leaders, ministry leaders, team leaders, and to also get a first-person view on what's happening locally and on the ground, right? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so wherever I go... I try, when possible, not to not only meet with staff but also with students. And uh, what we've seen in Lyon, I think it was amazing. It's it's one of the things that I I just really get excited about when young people like Lydia use her talents, sharing the gospel in a new way, like putting on a Narnia play. I think there's also a great YouTube version of that in the spotlights. So I think there's a great episode about in the spotlight about what they did in, in Lyon and they use their talents, but also involved her non-believing housemate in the whole process so it's not just a way to how do you share the gospel in a new way but at the same time just very relational sharing or discovering jesus together with the people around you any day any time um when you say that uh, trying to figure out ways um, that you can bless the team leaders and and um, ministry leaders and local leaders I, i guess it's much easier if you can just go talk to them but what does that look like today or this year What are some tangible ways um, that you could bless them? It is a little bit harder uh, when you are not just uh, kind of can walk in into a, a local office or a local cafe where you can meet people. Right now, last last year, it was really about thinking about how can you how can I help develop local leaders or new leaders. So, and in that perspective, within Agape, I think we um, we now started just in January, a uh, leadership development training. I can't say training. Mr. Paul Duncan, I don't know if he's been on that podcast, but he used to say training is for donkeys. We develop people. So it's a leadership development course or a program. And uh, actually, I think that's, I'm not personally involved development course itself, but I have been involved in shaping it. And that's the way how I can do it. Yeah, I love to connect with, with local leaders uh, when possible. But yeah, time is a little bit more limited now and uh, also possibilities are much more limited. Yeah, that's the sad part or, of, of last year. Uh, at the same time, it doesn't have to stop me or others to keep investing or looking for ways to develop and inspire others. Hmm. Trainings for donkeys. That's funny. And Paul actually was also a guest on this podcast before. All the great people. I'm curious because as kind of boss to all the student ministries in Western Europe. What did Corona do to the student ministries where you just went on campus and talked with students? Obviously, it didn't happen. So what does it look like? What makes you hopeful? Um, what are maybe some inspiring stories to share? Because last year was a different year for many, for many countries, not for Estonia, though. So I will start with a, with a story of Student ministry in Estonia, like how it looked like in the past or how potentially in some ways it can look like in the future again. They have a, a cafe there and 
with cooperation with the university, they could just share about what they did. They could hand out flyers in the, let's say, the, the welcoming package for new students. And so they, they spread the word of this cafe to more than 3,000 students. Uh, at the same time, on a daily, on a weekly basis, they have more than 70 students coming to their cafes, and most of them are not Christian, and they are somewhere on their spiritual journey with Jesus or without Jesus. But it's a it's an inspiring place to be where students that believe in Jesus are sharing their faith with their fellow students, and at the same time, they just you know they they talk about life. It's 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 an organic way of of sharing, but it's they do share. It's not that they only drink coffee together and talk about all other stuff except Jesus, but it's part of the conversation. So that's one thing. Another thing yeah, is that's I, really I see cool. so much creativity as well. So I think that the first half year, last year, a lot of uh, staff and students were pioneering on what, how can we connect with students still? What can we do? Just looking back to the last, he- last year, I kind of see two, two things. One is community, the importance of community, um, belonging somewhere. And one great example there is uh, in Portugal, what they did, uh, they, they called it, first of all, quarantine communities and actually it was on various topics they just connected with students or helped students to connect with others so they were not just stuck in their home but they could also talk about whether it was a book club or a cooking club or it was a specific a um, a finding out more about jesus club you can there were different types of clubs but it was connected to community and uh, the fact that people are not alone and another thing was that in a lot of stories that that I heard from from students that have great conversations about Jesus last year, it was the, the fact that they were quarantined or in lockdown in their room didn't stop them from sharing. I think in almost every story, Instagram played a role. So and it was because they shared something about their lives on Instagram or they read something. F- from their friend and responded to them and they got into a conversation so i think that's that's so hopeful in a continent where that's seen as maybe post-christian or not very responsive and in a time and season where it's just hard to get in contact with anyone let alone someone that you don't know uh, at all or you're a new student and you want to be connected with others it's just almost impossible we still hear stories of people that are sharing their faith, that get responses, and that actually helping others on their journey with Jesus or getting to know Jesus. That's that's super cool. So Portugal, those clubs, how how did they do that? Was it, I, I mean, they couldn't meet in person. What does a virtual club look like? Yes, well, the virtual club, uh, of course, I have. I'm not Portuguese, and I was not part of the club. But first of all, I think they they are a very community type culture so Mm -hmm. i think it really fits with their culture so i don't know how it would look like for for you in germany how much the community part is playing a role but um they used to do a lot of things in in community already community dinners uh they great great stuff for even for this for the city council in lisbon cleaning the beaches together so they have a positive activity cleaning beaches but at the same time they, they do it together with others and um they they mainly just got to the context they already had, invited them for the various groups. I think they had various student leaders. They just started to probably be responsible for the different groups. They could add their friends to it. So I think it was a more organic kind of growth. But for that to happen, actually, the, the team of student leaders and staff got together and thought, okay, what can we do in this lockdown to engage with other students? So so there, there was a moment where they sat down together and think, okay, what is, what's next? How can we 
still connect with others and help them and be there for them in a time of loneliness or need. So, and then those things came out. Yeah, that's super cool. I really like the the thinking of how can we be active in this and how can we use this and how can we not be discouraged by something that is uh, radically changing our lives too, but uh, how can we um, view it as an opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even I think so okay there's it's a it's a weird story baby but this morning I was I was walking in the park so I just brought my daughter to school had some time off I thought okay let's let's just have a walk and I was walking in the park and there was this guy he was on the phone talking very intensely I don't know what he was talking about a few minutes later I heard a plunge in a pond in the park I looked and this guy that was talking on the phone fell into the pond <laughs> But he kept talking on his phone and he stepped out, climbed out of the pond again and he walked off. And I thought, wow, this is crazy. What is this guy doing? And I think, you know, this, I was just, I was just thinking about this, like, well, in our life, something can happen. We can be so busy with all kinds of stuff. We can be on that, on that phone or whatever it is. And we can fall in that pond. We, there's, and then what do you do? Well, actually... This is a wake-up call, you know, either you didn't pay attention or what, I don't know what happened. I didn't see him falling into it. I only heard it, but something happens in your life uh, and it probably is a moment where you think, okay, this is a time to think, uh, maybe to reshape mission or to rethink about my life or to let's pause and, and think what's happening here and what, because whatever reason is there. But this guy... He was just continuing to talk. I think, I don't know if the other person in that call actually knew that this guy was falling into the <laughs> pond and climb out of it again. I, I'm not sure because he just kept talking. But sometimes that's us as well. Something happens in our lives. Instead of taking a time to recover or to think about how things go or to maybe stop that phone call <laughs> and make sure that you get out or uh, get dry clothes or whatever, we, we just maybe keep on running or doing things the same way. So, so yeah, I think it was... It was crazy, but at the same time, yeah, in this moment of being stuck, or yeah, it can be a wake-up call as well. And let us not be this guy that just continues to be on the phone and <laughs> maybe runs into another pond, but you know, take us time to, to step back and to think about, well, what's happening here? And do I need to change anything? Can I change the pace of life? Can I change the way I do ministry? How, how can we follow Jesus and be his ambassadors in this time when things that we thought that were normal are not normal again, or security, the things that we thought that were just uh, part of our lives and were like we, the assumptions that we had, they are now so much different now. So weird story <laughs> maybe, but uh, it was <laughs> it was very weird actually to see this guy falling into the pond as well. Yeah, no, I love the story. And like, it makes me think that uh, I don't know how cold it is in the Netherlands at the moment, but he uh, probably was very wet and uh, could easily catch a cold. And But uh, instead... Maybe his phone call was very important, must have been. But uh, in, instead of maybe doing what was good for himself or wise, and even um, like what was called for, he, he just kept on on talking and, and walking. And I wonder if sometimes in, in our ministry activities, we there are big interruptions, but uh, we kind of choose to ignore them and not learn from them. Yeah. Absolutely. And then that actually brings me to something that I wanted to ask you about. Like the guy in the in the pond, it would have probably been better for his health to warm up and to get some dry clothes on. So I know, or I've I read 
lately that this pandemic, I mean, it creates a lot of loneliness and that especially for university students, there has been a spike in also mental health issues. Is that something that you see in your ministry? And is that something that you see ministries uh, responding to? We do see it. I just talked with two guys yesterday, actually. They're student leaders in Delft. Yeah, I just connected with them. It's like, well, what do you do when when you're not studying? Like, because the universities are closed. And are you going outside? And uh, and do you exercise? And these guys said, well, yeah, no, well, not really. Like, I used to play football, but yeah, I can't do that now because hmm. it's closed. So, uh, and these guys actually already have some connection and some friends but for them they, they are stuck yeah and we see we see that a lot of in a lot of places right now i think through instagram i think various countries are trying to you know to, to give some kind of either it's it's through staff giving some coaching or developing opportunities for for young for students and at the same time i think a lot of countries are thinking about well what can we do when things open up again yes loneliness is real and it is a big challenge at the same time it's hard how do you actually get into that need now maybe students are not looking at us for that need at this stage but they're looking for friendships they're actually looking for someone to hug you know or a new friend to make so uh, for that you need to be connected with someone uh, you need to probably see them face to face so i think this is a major challenge for us looking forward when things are opening up again somewhere in the spring i i hope there is this big window of opportunity for us to get in contact with people to listen to to be friends yeah yesterday we were reading about matthew chapter 9 where when jesus was looking at the crowd and he was uh, full of compassion because they were like sheep lost without a shepherd and i think this is a situation with so many students in europe that they are wandering lost they're looking for connection they're walking around with a lot of questions because they're idea of being young uh, of having an identity and thinking about stuff or doing things is just totally different than ideas that they had they they are they're, they're gone or they they are like badly damaged and they need to think about okay well what does it mean for me now what is it does it mean for me to who am i where am i going what am i doing uh, how do what can i connect um, so I think it's a big need and it's up, up to us to already pray for these students, but also to be there for these students. I think for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not a student anymore. Like I'm, I'm 37 now, so it would be weird for me to kind of go to that student. But it's, it's my role to, either it's, it's, it's the young staff that are in like maybe in their 20s or it's, and it's definitely the student leaders. How do we encourage them to reach out to others, to, to be maybe a bigger brother, a bigger sister for, for these young guys and girls that are... They came to university or they thought they were coming to university, but they're still stuck in their homes and they're actually looking for uh, some guidance for friendship, uh, for a place to belong. Hmm. Yeah, and then the question is, how do we position ourselves or help the students position the, themselves to be in in those students' lives and to be somebody who's trustworthy and approachable when when people have questions because it's great if you have all the answers but if you're not in touch with the with the people who have questions then there's just no connection and it doesn't help anyone yeah yeah absolutely and that will vary per country like yeah some some people may have already have a great opportunity because they're connected to universities well let's say estonia they have a cafe maybe there are groups like group in Lyon or in, in lisbon where agape is known as a, as a nice student group and and a 
and a good place to be and they can easily promote what like about who they are and, and they can target in that sense those students that that are looking for some guidance and friendship so they can invite people and they can run some maybe smaller venues so yeah but, but yeah for some others definitely in those places where officially we can't be at a university or when it's not allowed to as a christian group to be on a university it's, it's really about taking initiative with a group of people just to connect with others look around and maybe say hi to someone see if you can help someone or even invite someone for uh, for a picnic or a football game or whatever so uh, but yeah that's definitely up to the to the context but yeah it, it's really up being available at least that's that's i think the just the, the starting point is having space in your agenda to meet people and 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 to to help people and to journey with someone Yeah, and then don't have your day too full of meetings and and calls. Prepared program and plan that makes you um, overlook opportunities. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. probably most, at least if you talk about staff, most staff are probably looking forward for some nice spring days where they don't have to sit behind their laptop, <laughs> but they can just be in a park chatting with a couple of students. Oh man, that's that life sounds so amazing to me right now. When I'm yeah, just here in my same. attic, having the rain on a gray day in February. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what we all need is just some hope. And I really like the, the stories that you shared earlier. And um, you also wanted to share a story from Ireland. Yes. Well, I, one of the things I, I just I thought, what are some things that inspire me, what I'm doing? And of course, first of all, it's the student. But when I was thinking about it, like, wow, we have these young guys and girls that are on staff and they are joining us because they also have a passion for others to to to, to know Jesus and well we have i think all of all of our staff i think they they have been such a great job last year when they are just need to make a shift from ministry as you had know it already now to being locked down and think about how do i connect with students now or how do i coach them now how do i disciple them now but at the same time Just the pioneers that are there as well, knowing about this this uh, guy from from yeah Ireland, will in the middle of the lockdown he's still thinking about well, I want to move to a new city because we have st enough staff in Dublin. Um, well, not to reach all Dublin, but we with students there are in Dublin. There is a good size of team, and actually there are students in Galway that need to hear the gospel, and I, I'm willing to go. I love that pioneering spirit, and I think. He's going there with his young family and hopefully he's trying to recruit a team. So anyone that's listening and you want to go to Galway, you can connect with probably Chloe Hannon. He was, he, she was on the show earlier on as well. She's leading the ministry in Ireland. Uh, make yourself known and uh, you may end up in, in, in Galway as well. But I love that. Just that pioneering spirit, that the fact that everything is uncertain, he is listening to the voice of God and he is willing to go. And I think that's something that's uh, inspiring for me, but also I think that is inspiring for everyone. And that's also why we are, why we joined staff. We joined staff, we joined Agape because we heard God speaking to us or leading us to do this, uh, not to find our security in, in a regular job where we, we know we paid well and, and we can build our lives from there. But we sense that God had, diff had a different plan for our lives and uh, we followed him. So, uh, and yeah, this guy, he's not stuck. Of course, maybe some things will delay or things will go differently than he expected, but he wants to follow Jesus. And if Jesus is leading him to go away, then yeah, that's it then. So yeah, this is one of the guys and we have so many great staff. So um, 
uh, probably miss out a lot of other good stories of, of brave staff that are taking steps with Jesus in faith. But yeah, this is absolutely one of the stories that I uh, am very inspired by. Yeah, that's super cool. So Martin, what do you challenge us to do? Well, what I'm challenging you to do, well, it's fun to be with you in in, in Lyon and, and just spending some time on uh, late nights also on on the on the sofa and in the in the garden talking about life and everything that's in there. And but actually, I think the main thing to do is is listening to that small voice. It's a small voice. We know it's God, but it's also sometimes scary to do. And um, there's no, let's say. Uh, set the golden bullet for ministry in Europe, do it this way and it's successful everywhere. Actually, when I was in India years and years back, they were worshiping Jesus with music that I would associate with, let's say, a Hare Krishna type of style music <laughs> because it was Indian style music. And it was underneath a tree in the middle of, uh, like in the middle of, well, kind of some tents and, and, and stuff. So, uh, but these guys, they worship Jesus and it was totally different from what I expected. So the way that I am worshiping and, and following Jesus here in the Netherlands is so different than someone would do it in, in Portugal or in Ireland or in Denmark or Estonia or Latvia or whatever, whatever country. But I think one thing that is the same is Jesus and his small voice that we can listen to and, 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 and respond to Another thing that I, that I love people to I want to encourage is what does it look like to live as a community that is following Jesus? I am from a very individualistic country. Uh, well, you're from Germany, you're, you're too. So I guess the more Southern European countries have a better sense of community. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's so much power in, in the community because, uh, well, Jesus is praying himself. First of all, he says, abide in me. But also he says, by the love you have for one another, they will know that you're my, my disciples. So I think it's so much power in the community and how do you live together with others. Uh, for young people, it helps you to at least to form healthy relationships, to how to deal with conflicts, how to listen well, how to ask questions, how to be extend grace and uh, how to extend love, but also receive grace and love. So I think it's a great learning school for human life in general, but also it's a powerful way to to make Jesus known, to help others to discover Jesus as well. So listen to the still, still small voice of Jesus that he's talking to you and take steps of faith and also connect with others in community and live out your life with Jesus and for Jesus uh, so others can see how what it looks like to be a community of people that believe and follow Jesus. Yeah, amen to that. I think that's a whole theology there. Well, I don't know. I'm not a theologist. I'm <laughs> educated as a physical therapist, but uh, yeah, I, I see it. I see it all the time where people are not only students. Uh, when people are following God's voice, and they do that in a community, there's so much power. And yes, there are challenges on the way, and yes, there are sometimes conflicts to overcome. I do see there is so much impact. Um, like and this of course this is all traditional saying african saying that like one person you go fast and with the two you can you go fa- you go far it it is there's so much power in community and in journeying together and it's it's all so much power in giving control over first of all to jesus but also giving control over to others oh. um, and being okay with not being the person that has the biggest uh, ideas or the best ideas, but it's just being part of community is, is learning you so much more, but also give so much more power to our testimony to others. 
Yeah, and I do think that's a very timely message, even as we talked about loneliness and about this being a time where people are desperately looking for community. And so uh, maybe also a challenge to figure out what community can look like in lockdown times. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it will look like... like yesterday I was doing uh, groceries and um, I came home and I told my wife, Miranda, I said, okay, I bought something. I bought about 50 paper cups. I said, hmm. I know we don't need them. We can't invite anyone to our house, but I'm just looking forward to invite people in our garden somewhere in spring again. So I bought these cups so we can have a group of people around. So maybe I, I do see a need for community. I, I have a personal, probably internal need to see, well, I love to, to live with others as a community. But yeah, we can still do it here in, also in lockdown. If you can only invite one person at a time, well, you know, invite one person at a time. If it's two, <laughs> do it with two, whatever. So definitely there are opportunities. At some point in the future, we'll have the opportunity to have more and more people around and we sense a community of four, five, six, or even more people uh, mm -hmm. together in a house or in a garden. Yeah. Yeah. So stepping out in faith and buying paper cups. Yeah, you could buy paper cups, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Martin, thank you so much for being here and thank you for everything you shared and how you challenged us. Yeah, you're welcome. It was a pleasure to meet you again, to talk to you. Yeah, so um, God bless you and goodbye. Yeah, bless you too. Bye-bye. That was Martin Gast. Agape Europe's student-led movements director from Rotterdam in the Netherlands. If you like this podcast, why don't you take a minute and send a message to your friends and recommend it to them? And how about sharing your favorite quote in your Instagram stories? Speaking about social media, you can find Agape Europe on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, or check out our website, agapeeurope.org. I'm Jochen Geck, and this is Humans of Agape. See you next time.